Ladies and gentlemen, our wonderful Audible viewers, welcome into episode 51 of the Get Around Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Summers. Beside me, as always, James Cook, Jake Atnip, and boys, I am riding a high that I haven't felt from sports in quite some time after my Brewers grabbed that NL Central Division title today. It's only once in a while, though. You only get you only get a season like this out of a baseball team that really surprises you and gives you that like rejuvenated sense of life. You know, it only comes around so many times as a fan. You know, as Tigers fans, I know we can. You had, you guys had a pretty good run yeah. with the with the Tigers there for a while. I they mean, never did what they were supposed to do, though. They got swept in the World nobody's Series su- twice. Nobody's supposed to win the World Series, Jake. I think if there's any team in the world that I've ever seen I can argue was supposed to win the World Series, it was probably the 2012 Detroit Tigers. But that's just not the way that it goes in playoff baseball. Why Why I like playoff baseball so much is because every single out is honestly nail-biting once you get down to it. Yeah, it was so much fun today having two game 163s, Brewers and Cubs, Rockies and Dodgers to determine the NL West, the NL Central, before the wild card kicks off on Tuesday. I, mean, I, I don't, I don't actually I don't actually hate the Cubs as much as I hate the Cardinals, but beating the Cubs is a uh, is quite a close second. But to do it for the you know home field advantage in the playoffs and not to have to play that bogus one game wild card that the Major League Baseball has, I'm pretty darn I mean, happy. That, that, and they, and they're going to have the NL MVP. I think it's oh a, I still I'm still no you it's know, it's a closed case. Yes, no, it's not. No. It's a closed case. Now I'm sitting here and I was thinking about it after Arenado went out and hit two home runs yesterday. What did he do? Hold on, hold on. That's the only st- statistic that he's better. At they're the literally Yelich. they're literally eye for eye, and they're literally not. To, yeah, and and if you want to talk about actually meaningful to a team, Arenado on defense probably means more to them to the Rockies than Christian Yelich does to the Brewers and. Arenado had an entire season worth of this, so I'm still not convinced that Yelich is the MVP over Arenado. Okay, we'll come back to this when the results. It's not even going to be close. <laughs> Arenado's going to be third. It's going to go Yelich, Baez, Arenado, guaranteed. Nah, guaranteed. Wait, did you say eye for an eye? It, like it's like it's like eye to eye. Like they're standing eye to eye. Eye to eye. Yeah. Not eye, not for, eye said, for an eye. You said eye for an eye. I'm oh like, well, we're, now it's getting violent in here. Is that a thing? I just start swinging bats and throwing throwing baseballs at each other like CC Sabathia. I do hope that the MLB takes notice of these games during being played during the day and says, hey, maybe we should be doing some playoff games during the day instead of at 10 freaking o'clock at night. Yeah, that'd be nice. Money. I mean, it makes a difference. But, yeah, it, winning that game 163 is such a big deal because you don't, you're basically playing game 164 in the wild card now where back-to-back days, it's Monday, Tuesday, and back-to-back games, that's 27 outs. And, and the Cubs use six relievers today. And yeah. through Quintana, who, I mean, I guess Lester's probably technically their ace, but you could argue Quintana's the Cubs' ace. So, you Wear, know, Wearing out their team a little bit, but that you have to do it in order to, to make it where you want to go. And I think, obviously, winning that you know one seed or that home field advantage and actually being in the ALDS off the rip is such a big advantage. And it, the cool thing is, you know, we, we barely see game 163s every year or every other. It's usually every three or four, actually. We had two. In the same league, in the same day mm-hmm. today, which it was is awesome. Cool. Well, before we move on, you you want to make a little wager on this? Oh, on Yelich and yes, and Arenado. I mean, it, it's not even a question. It's not you're, even you're, a question. You're, you're, you're a Brewers. It is a hundred percent over. I mean, you're no, a Brewers just fan. It's the same. It's the same as same. 
It's, it's, no, if Baez or Arenado or whoever. I don't think him, Baez will win it. Just like Scherzer's not going to win the Cy Young. So you're saying no, Who's you're your not guy? confident enough to bet. Oh, yeah, what, what, what's our wager? I don't know. I'm just seeing what you were up for because I'm so confident you, you'd be hard. I mean, unless we're talking some kind of astronomical wager here. I'm pretty much down for anything. Yeah. Uh, I need your, your your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. Uh, <laughs> that was a terrible Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> but I got it. Good. No, but I mean, I I just over the whole course of the season, I think I called him at the beginning of the year, and that's why I'm so confident is because he lived up to my expectations. Arenado. I'm not saying he didn't have a great year, but he didn't have an M- MVP year, not compared to the two guys ahead of him. They're not even ahead of him in some oh, categories. Oh. Some trust me, they're yeah, they're just like they're him. ahead of him in some categories. There's no many one, more. There's many no more. Inclu- front many here. more, including arguably Yelich being the best player on the best team in the National League, and okay, Bi- okay, and Baez, okay. Be- Baez being the best player on the second best team in the. Na- I'm just going by record here, Jake. Well, yes. Oh yeah, but right, record doesn't mean everything, especially when you're in a division like the Dodgers, where the Dodgers, the Rockies, Dude, the, the NL Diamond Central Bags. was the best division in baseball. But not, what I'm saying is everybody beats up on each other. Records yeah, the I know. Deal. The NL Central was the best division in baseball. Um, AL East? There's two teams. Yeah, of 100-plus wins. And yes, but it was just two teams. The, everybody else was awful. Well, yes. The, uh, until, the, until the end of the season, the Cardinals were also in the playoffs. Yeah, but nobody expected the Cardinals to make the playoffs at the beginning of the year. That has nothing to do with the argument. The point is that the best there were three playoff caliber teams in the Central, plus the Pirates, but, but who were also. That, but you're saying that the NL West didn't have three playoff caliber teams in the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, and the Dodgers. But their top teams weren't as good as the top teams in the NL, and their middling teams were not as good either. Uh, that is the same. It's the same argument. You're talking about three three teams that were playoff eligible up until two weeks before the playoffs started. The Diamondbacks just fell out. Not yeah, what two and a half weeks ago they were four games behind. They were still in the hunt. It's the same. It's the same argument. You're looking, okay. we're, looking, we're looking at eye to eye here. I just want to. Do you want to make a wager or not? Well, yeah, let's wager something. Let's wager um, your pride as a Brewers fan. My pride is well intact. Yeah. Don't worry. It's not measurable, though. Yeah. We need something measurable. I don't know. 50 bucks. I'm, I'm paying no $50, man. <laughs> That's I need to right. buy a washer and dryer before I do that. <laughs> All right, what do you want to do? Spend more time with the laundromat than I need Come to. Come on, this is dragging on way too long. What are you, couple, what are you putting up? A couple of pint night beers. How about yeah. that? Yeah. Next right. time we go out for pints. Pint nights yeah. until January 1? No, not well, all of on. them. It's only a dot. Well, yeah, but I only ever yeah, drink. I, I only, only ever drink one, one beer anyway. Yeah, yeah but that, if I win, that's a whole different story. That's, yeah, but you're not gonna win. <laughs> Again, this comes back to how confident I am. You're not going to win. So figure like maybe well, ten, maybe be, ten, be, maybe ten be beers. Four. Yeah, that's fine. All right, we'll take it. All right. We're, and if Baez wins, nobody J- James right. gets the, gets all the beers. <laughs> no, because he can drink. He drinks too much. <laughs> no, I do not. Not at pie night. You're right at pie night. We'll, no, have, be we'll have two safe. or three. Yeah, it's there's not enough time to have that much fun. Only when he's drinking his own brews. I, I, and I just it's impossible to drink too much. I was gonna oh, say he, okay, yeah, I guess. Last I well, heard, he messed maybe. up his home. Well, not, not, I guess not really. <laughs> Probably not really, but yeah, not really. But Probably maybe. James doesn't want to drink. Fairly reasonable. All right. I get away well, from the alcohol we'll, we'll, we'll check back in on that once the uh, MVP results are tallied. For the record, I've got M- Milwaukee's Christian Yelich, Jake, as Colorado's Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado. And. No respect. I get the field. <laughs> well, you get by it. It's not going to be anybody <laughs> but those three. But we've got a great show lined up for you today. We'll go over 
team title contenders, athlete of the year front runners in cross country and golf. And then we've got an interview with Traverse City West golf champions, Annika and Ansi D. They stopped by the Get Around Podcast Studios to have a conversation with us after Monday's Big North Conference match. We had a great conversation with them, a little bit of insight into how they think on the golf course and what kind of scores they may or may not be happy about. Spoiler, spoiler, Monday they were not pleased. So, you know, if you feel bad about your golf game, you'll feel feel really bad about your golf game after you listen to this interview. But uh, really good stuff with Anna Kanazzi. Big thank you for them dropping by. Then we'll get into the Get Around Hall of Fame and the trifecta, where we'll take a look at potential names for the new Traverse City baseball team as the Beach Bums have officially been sold and the stadium and team will be rebranded as they join the Northwoods League. Let's check the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the pulse brought to you by Jimmy John's. Two locations in Traverse City, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freak Yeah. Boys, we've got a lot of team title contenders kind of across the board in a lot of sports as we're now... Depending on the sport, anywhere between one to two months into the season already, it's the 1st of October. Yeah, which, some, some are halfway, some are getting into playoffs, really. Yeah, know. which is just crazy. And while we maybe don't necessarily have a team that is the favorite to win the state title, I think we have a lot of teams who are at least vying to have their name thrown into the ring and who we should not be surprised come whenever the postseason is that we see really deep runs by some of these teams and maybe they maybe they get to raise some hardware we'll see i think the most obvious and we can start there uh the most obvious candidate not necessarily most obvious to win a state title but most obvious candidate to be mentioned is Traverse City St. Francis football who Saturday defeated Boyne City and moved to 6 and 0 they are our first area team to clinch the postseason i mean they've looked They've looked like it the whole season. They've been beaten. They put up fifty, about fifty points a game. Let up about seven, eight, maybe ten. I mean, they've been destroying everybody, which is kind of their mo. They they have a really big test with New Lothrop at the end of the end of the season in week nine, and that, I think they're ranked number one and number two respectively. That towards the end there will be able to show you, and you know that that's going up a little higher for them. So that'll be able to show you right towards the end of the season if they're really going to be able to, you know, just roll through the playoffs and make a run on another state title. Yeah, really, that game for the Gladiators is sort of a a bonus playoff game. It kind of sets that tone, gets you ready for the type of competition that you're going to face at a certain point uh, in the playoffs. And it has the bonus of not risking any kind of elimination in that game. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens there. You know, I think the other one, James, you tell me if you agree, but I think the next closest team that might be worthy of state title talk in football would be shifting to the eight-player variety and, and going with Onekama despite being 5-1, and one, uh, having a close loss against an undefeated and ranked Tri-Unity Christian team a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I think Tri-Unity seems to be one of those primetime title contenders, I mean, that, from downstate, and... Onekama played them incredibly close. Uh, you know, they. I think that this is after last season. You know, last season they were the team that we thought was going to be it, and then they ran into Central Lake, and, and that was that. But uh, this season, I kind of think that this is their year uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, they've got you know a dynamic duo at running back. You know, they've got a, a terrific defense, and those are two things that if you can just. Lean your hat on, yeah. If you want to, but if you want to, if you want to 
hang your hat on two things. It's going to be a running game and defense. Yeah. The, the only real difference to me, my feelings about this team from where we started maybe at the beginning of the year and where we are now, is had they beaten Triunity Christian, which I think was a 28-24 loss. A 26-24, I think. 28-26. Oh, yeah. 28-26, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I think they would absolutely be the favorite to be the champion right now. That one loss maybe knocks them off the favorite pedestal, but, I mean, just because you lose one game doesn't mean you can't go on a run in the postseason and maybe... Maybe it's good to lose a game yeah, now. Maybe, yeah, maybe get a little payback. So Portagers definitely one to keep an eye on. Soccer, we've got a couple of teams to look at. you got Leland, who's at number three right now in the current rankings, Division Four. And you've got Elk Rapids, who just checked in at number seven in Division Three. Neither of these teams are playing terribly close games. Now, maybe that's not a good thing. Yeah, that, that might be bad for competition. Elk Rapids has been tested more than Leland, I think, in terms of scheduling. You know, they went to that downstate tournament and played really well, runner-up there, beat a bunch of teams that downstate people would probably say they had no business beating. Yeah. So I think they're a proven commodity. They, you know, I think they might be better than that number seven ranking that they're getting right now. Leland, I mean, they just they're just blowing yeah, everybody they're, out. They're fifteen yeah. one. I don't know. I don't know if they've played a full ninety minute game in the last month. I'm pretty sure. They, I'm pretty sure they have. <laughs> yeah, that might be a little uh, bit of an exaggeration, but, uh, but fifteen one and one kind of speaks for itself. And the, the yeah, tie and loss came to the same team. And it sure seems like yeah that they uh, yeah in a division one team yeah uh, and not a bad one either. Um, you know, the, the, it seems to me like Leland has got to be in sometime in the back of its back of its mind, thinking of doing what Elk Rapids used to do, which is they would send their JV team to play their league games, and then they would send the varsity team downstate to play really, really good teams. That might not be a bad idea. <laughs> There's still some other good Northwest Conference teams out there that you might drop a couple doing that, but mm-hmm. you never know the the. Uh, then you just send the varsity to those ones. That's yeah. what Elk Rapids would do. Okay, yeah, they, fair they enough. Would, they would send the varsity team to play Charlevoix I mean, who? In, in Lake Michigan Conference, and then you know anybody else who might have been able to give them a game, and then they would send the JV team to play the rest of their games. Who, whose odds do you like better here of these two teams, Leland or Elk Rapids? Uh, both, you know, both of them have had really good seasons in, in recent history and had a tough time getting that long postseason run. Leland has been able to kind of get out of districts a little bit more regularly than Elk Rapids, just because it's a, you know, Elk Rapids plays in a bigger, bigger class, you know, different competition and stuff. So, you know, if either one of them makes a run, I I, I think it'll be, you know, beneficial for up here. But both of them have really struggled in the last few years to, to make that long run. Well, something certainly both squads will be looking to change. Uh, obviously. As postseason approaches, you know, there will be a few other teams to look at in terms mm-hmm. of district, maybe regional championship yeah, type teams. But They're both capable of it. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of one of those things where I want to I want to see it happen before I'm going to stick my neck out there. Yeah. <laughs> Need to get the ball rolling first before we're hopping on the bandwagon. But, but I mean, you can't argue with the results that both of those teams have had so far this season. Shifting over to cross country. Now, this is the one sport where we're maybe not covered across the board because I'm not sure that there's a boys team that's necessarily a state title contender. I mean, cross country's tough. You gotta you gotta have the depth. You can't just have the number one lead runner. You know that number one lead runner might uh, take a little pressure off the rest of your team. But you're only good but, through one through five. But you're you know all. you're only as good as number four, or number five, 
And, you know, as far as depth among boys programs, I don't know that there's a state championship team in waiting there. There are a few girls teams to keep eyes on, and they are all from Traverse City, St. Francis, Central West. They all find themselves in the rankings right now. St. Francis is ranked third in D3. Central is fifth in D1, and West is seventh in D1. Now, for West, the big question mark is Hannah Smith going to be healthy. Well, it's not even just Hannah Smith. They, they haven't had their full complement of runners most of the season, almost like the golf team that we, we talked about. There's been multiple events where they only have two two of their top five runners you know, in the meet. They were dealing with some injuries and stuff. So I think a late-season push out of Traverse City West is definitely possible. And you know, they, I'm sure they're happy with being sitting there at number seven with not having the, you know, the full-on performance that I think they're capable of with the whole season. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. For Central, I mean, right now they're being led by Julia Flynn, another standout freshman who's burst onto the scene. I I should have seen this coming at the beginning of the year, but it kind of eluded me because I actually have done a couple of stories on Julia Flynn's uh, middle school career where she was going down to Texas and running national championship meets then, and I had kind of forgotten that she was breaking into high school this year and... Boy, has she performed uh, her her best time on the year. And we'll get to this a little bit later, but 18 minutes, 25.4 seconds, and she's got two wins on the season already. So she's pacing those Trojans. And you know, like, like we said before, it'll be up to those two, three, four, and five runners to see just how far Central can get. But clearly they're getting a lot of respect from the state as they come in at number five. I'm sure Coach Lisa Taylor is happy. And then St. Francis. I mean, they've got, again, as, when, as we go over our Athlete of the Year front runners for cross country, uh, you know, they've got a runner who's up for that. And, I mean, St. Francis has been at the head of Division Three or near the top for, for quite a long time. What, James, if you could just kind of speak to the consistency of that program and, and what the Gladiators are able to do, you know, through November on the cross country course. Yeah, well, I mean, Julie Duffing's got that program built to where they're going to be a good team every year. Yeah, one through five. <clears throat> yeah, and the, and the good thing, I mean, they've got Caitlin Duffing, who's been a pretty consistent performer for them this year, you know, as one as a lead runner. And then their two through five have been shifting back and forth a little bit. Well, they're all in the top which ten. Is, which, yeah, yeah, I'm saying that that's a positive, yeah. that, that they don't have, like, a set. They're like, oh, this one is our third runner, or this one is our fourth runner. They're all fighting for those spots and kind of moving around in there and I think when you when you get that kind of competition that really pays off I think in regionals and states because you want that grouping you know you want you know your your splits between your number one and your number five runner to be as little as possible and and to have that competition I think is just really good for them. We've already mentioned St. Francis a couple of times but we're going to mention them again because St. Francis boys tennis is ranked number two in division four and you can bet that Coach Paul Bandrowski has the Gladiators focused on another uh, deep run, uh, taking a lot of flights to states. James, they've they've had high finishes here the last few years. What are we looking at from this year's St. Francis squad as far as state title contention? I think as far as, and if you come on kind of a high, hot take thing, I think that either Andrew Gerling or Elliot Bandrowski will win a state title. That, that they'll get one of the top two It's or, flights. not and. I'm saying at least one of the two. Okay. <laughs> at least one of the two. I, I, you know, they've got the, I think, what may be the best one-two combo in the state, potentially, especially at Division Four. 
I mean, the two guys that just dominate consistently win all season. You know, they were within a couple of points of each other in the challenge matches that they had before the season to determine who was one and two. You know, and then they've had the rest of the team has come along pretty well behind them this season as well. I mean, uh, they you know they lost a lot from last season, and they've got a lot of new guys uh, and some kids moving around from flight to flight, and and they've dealt with it pretty well. So, I think this is a team that's. You know, the last three, four years, they've been sitting there in that kind of, I don't know if you want to call it a rut, but placing second or third every year. And, you know, they're, they're, I think they're eager to, to break out of that rut and get number one this time. Yeah, you just have to feel like sooner or later, I mean, boys and girls tennis at St. Francis, that they're going to punch through and raise a state championship trophy here. We've only got a couple sports left to run down our title contenders we will jump into volleyball right now, and the Comets make another appearance here for Leland. They're ranked second in Division Four, and, I mean, count their big victory over Kingsley among them. This team is... Well, they've been rolling. They've been rolling. Yeah, they, they have some they're few tournament wins. You know, they've they swept, swept a couple tournaments, and, yeah, I mean, the athletes they have on that team alone, they had some, with Allie Martin, Elisa, or Ellis at all, I mean, Great volleyball players, like power, like and then like you said with their match against Kingsley. I mean, I know we're gonna bring them up here in a second, but you know both those teams are just above and beyond right now. Yeah, if we're gonna talk about a Division Two team having a chance to make a deep run in the playoffs, you certainly have to mention a Division Four team that beat that Division Two yeah. team among state title favorites. And I mean, we've seen it year after year after year that Lori Glass has the Comets ready and rearing to go and. You know, come postseason, they are usually playing their best volleyball. And, you know, Allie Martin had a little bit of a hiccup with an injury, but she seems to be back and in peak form. Uh, she was one of our Hall of Fame candidates last week. Uh, she didn't quite. And the week before. And I the think. week before, yeah. She and didn't quite get the nod, but she's uh, she's begging for uh, inclusion into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. Uh, but Leland is Leland's there, I think. They're They've got as good a shot as anybody to raise a trophy in volleyball. And Kingsley, guys, I know we kind of we say this every year because Kingsley is obviously immensely talented, but they continually run into a buzzsaw in the postseason, and that buzzsaw has repeatedly been Cadillac, which I don't think is going to be a problem this year. We talked a little bit about this at the onset of the season, but what we've been seeing from the Stags, and, and now Jessica Leffler, who had her own injury to deal with, she's back and playing at a high level. Any reason any reason to think that the Stags can't get to you know a Final Four or, or, or maybe beyond? I mean, they're still dealing with other injuries other than just Jessica. You know, Leffler was out for a few weeks after she hurt her ankle. Uh, their uh, senior setter, Maddie Byes, has been out for a few weeks, and they're still still playing without her but they had you know they brought they pro, they pulled up with one of their girls from JV who has been stepping in for Maddie Byes and you know doing a good job I mean Kingsley went out and they ended up I think they lost in the finals of a bracket of a tournament this weekend and they still are doing what they got to do they have what five losses on the season I believe they're 18-5 and 2 or 18-5 and 3 and five of those losses have came since including that Leland match you know when Leland beat them and Leffler went down so I mean, they're not at their highest potential, and I don't think they have been at their highest potential at any point during the season. So if they can get their full complement back and put it all together for the postseason, I don't see them, you know, having, I'm not saying having trouble, but, you know, I don't see them getting knocked out easily by anybody. 
Yeah, so maybe it's certainly not a question of whether the Stags have enough talent. It's if that talent is, you know, ready and available come playoffs. And, you know, maybe even if they are, if they've had enough time to kind of reintegrate themselves into the lineups and get into a flow, if that's at all been thrown off while they were away. The difference in the district schedules this year, I think, will be a, a a big thing for them too. They're not. They're in a different district, so they're not in the same district as Cadillac. The earliest they could run into Cadillac would be the regional finals. So, which at that point you hope that you're reared and ready to go. But I don't think. Yeah, yeah, I don't think Cadillac has a regional final worthy team this year for the first time in quite a while. That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. So you know, you don't. You don't have that that boogeyman kind of waiting out there for you in districts like they've had the last couple years. Because I mean, Cadillac has kind of been there has been their boogeyman, I mean, the last few years. So, you know, with them facing that, I mean, the fact that Cadillac's going to have to get through three, four matches, you know, and I don't know if they'll be able to do that this season to get to to Kingsley. You know, we're looking at Kingsley, I think, maybe being able to break through and get into their first Final Four in a long time. Well, we've got one title contender left on our list, and I purposely left this team for last because it does include our guests of the evening. And, you know, I was, I was looking at some rankings here earlier prior to recording, and I was pretty shocked to see that the rest of Michigan's golf world only views Traverse City West as the 10th best Division I team in the state. Now, Annika and Ansi D didn't play all the early season tournaments, so maybe that didn't quite give the Titans the boost uh, that they, you know, deserve because of that. But if, I think they kind of like being the underdog yeah, I, right I now. Yeah, I think if the rest of the state isn't taking that into account and doesn't think the uh, Titans are necessarily that great. I'm sure the rest of the state just doesn't even know, you know. that. But how could they not? The I mean, well, they've won two of the last three state tights, team well, yeah, state titles. What I'm saying and, is, is if, if, if they had their full complement at every meet in the beginning of the season, they'd probably just look at the outcome and say, oh, they finished fourth instead of them winning four out of the first seven tournaments. So, you know, I mean, it's a pretty big state. You know, those teams downstate, I'm, I'm sure they're not paying all that much attention to everybody up here, so I think it's good for them to be a dark horse at number 10. Well, I'll say this. Those teams downstate should be paying attention because <laughs> even if uh, Annika and Ansi, as you'll hear later in our interview, aren't entirely satisfied with their recent performance, they've definitely got what it takes to add another state championship trophy to West's ever-growing case of trophies over there and... You've got two girls who are individually worthy of winning individual state championships. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And uh, with regionals just a little over a week away, the state finals for golf are going to be upon us very soon. With our team title contenders sort of vetted and verified at this point, we're going to jump into our Athlete of the Year Front runners for cross country and golf, and you know, ha- having just talked about West, that easily leads us into Annika and Ansi D. I mean, can it be anyone but one of those two? I don't, I don't and, see and, a and, scenario where it would be. I mean, and would anybody even risk taking the field? No, no. If we're, if we're doing, if we're doing the Arenado, Yelich, and field bet. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to bet those pint night beers on it not being one of the D sisters. Yeah, because, I mean, at, at the tournament today, it was not only just the Big North tournament, there was a bunch of other teams there. So pretty much most of the other best teams in that area, including Petoskey and Traverse City St. Francis, were there, and they won this tournament easily. I mean, they they had 
what they didn't consider good rounds at all, <laughs> and they won by six strokes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty simple choice for me, too. I think maybe based on some of her best scores, Annika's got a little bit of an edge on Ansi at this point for our player of the year yeah, honors. Yeah, it, it'll be a much, it's, it's a much bigger argument between if it should be Ansi or Annika than if it should be one of them in the field. Yes, I agree, and... This is going to rage on a bit. Uh, you know, I know they're not thinking about it. They're not wondering, hey, which one of us is going to be the record eagle player of the year? Oh, I bet they are. And I bet they're not. I know, I know kids <laughs> all across the area just pine to hear uh, what we think. So, But but this one, I, this even if Annika has a slight edge right now, this one is going to come right down to what happens at state finals, I think. So I'll be interested to see. And as far as cross country goes... I mean, we've got some fantastic individuals here. We, we'll run through the girls first, and I mentioned Central's Julia Flynn. She's got the best area time, for lack of a better word or pun, by a mile at 1825.4, and her two wins on the year kind of set her apart. The The next closest time is Wes Hannah-Smith at 1854.2. She's got one top five. But she's been injured. But she's been injured and only run two races, so... Her candidacy kind of hinges on whether she's able to come back, and if she does, you know, how she runs in the postseason. Yeah, and we've only got three female runners, Caitlin Duffing being the last, to break 19 minutes so far this season. And she, her best time, 18 minutes, 55.3 seconds. She's got one victory, four top five finishes, so she's been healthy she's been on the course, and she's been consistent in her production. It'll be interesting to see come regionals and final times what these girls uh kind of put together and maybe if duffing is able to close the gap at all on the phenomenal freshman season of julia flynn yeah i mean that's that's the other part is that two of these three girls are underclassmen so we have a lot of good running coming up over the next few weeks and couple years yeah that that 1825 is kind of crazy and for the boys in like flynn in like flynn (laughs) For the boys, we've got a really close race at the moment between Traverse City Central's Cole Truskowski, Benzie Central's Tyler Kintai, and Charlevoix's Ben Lentz. The best times for that trio are all within about six seconds of one another. Truskowski, he's got two top fives on the season. His best time is 16 minutes, 26.9 seconds. Kintai has three victories and actually just set his season best on Saturday with a 16-minute, 33.1-second time, which, man, I just, these running, I, golf scores, running times, I just can't comprehend Attaining how, how they're able no. to do things like that. Yeah, and then uh, Ben Lentz from Charlevoix at that same race, that had to have been a fast course with good weather and everybody pushing each other because uh, Charlevoix's Ben Lentz is 16 minutes, 35.8 seconds. He's got three top fives on the season, and he was on Kintai's heels so this is going to be interesting to see how this one plays out because this race right now is almost too close to call with yeah. a good portion of the season left to go. I mean, everybody's got wins. Everybody's sitting right up there towards the top at every one of these races, and I know the times are just going to be able to tell a story once the season ends up. All right, well, we went through our front runners, our title contenders. It's now time to welcome a couple of those into the Get Around Podcast studios. Annika and Ansi D sat down with James... Jake and myself prior to this recording. It was a full house. It was a full house. 
The fullest house we've had for an interview in quite some time. It's not easy to fit five people in this little room. No. But everybody, everybody wanted to talk to them. So yeah, we, James and I decided to do a duet on the microphone. <laughs> so. Yeah, we, we made it work. But this interview brought to you by Jimmy John's, two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freaky out. Let's listen to that interview. I'd like to welcome in Annika and Ansi D from Traverse City West Girls Golf Team into the Get Around Podcast studios today. Thank you guys for joining us. We're glad you could make it after a a long day out on the course uh, in your final Big North Conference match of the season. You guys actually ended up sharing medalist honors. You led the Titans to a fourth straight Big North Conference win, but you're not satisfied. (laughs) Why not? You want to go first or me? (laughs) Go for it. Well, it was just my worst round for junior and senior year, which kind of really sucks. But, I mean, it was another learning experience, so I can't be too mad. And and so our Audible viewers know her her worst round is a 74, which (laughs) I just got done telling them I shot a 119 this weekend, so... Uh, 74 doesn't look so bad for my chair, but I mean, what what were you looking to do going in? Because as I said, you guys shared medalist honors, which is the first time that's ever happened competitively between the two of you, which I found pretty interesting. Yeah. And you yeah. got the team victory yeah. as you near the postseason. So, what did you want out of to, out of today? I wanted another 63. <laughs> 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 I mean, no, but I mean, I buried my first two holes, and I was feeling good and like just wanted to keep it going but I couldn't really get anything started like each day I go out there and like I just want to go as low as possible but it was just really a rough time out there today couldn't get anything going after those first two holes what was getting you um nothing really it felt pretty normal like I mean the putts I made for birdie were pretty short so I guess I couldn't really get a good read on how the greens were rolling yet, so maybe that had to do with it, but I don't know, just struggled. Now, Ansi, you guys weren't paired together today, correct? No. So I'm not sure how many groups were between you, but you didn't know she was struggling? No. And and you feel like you struggled as well? Oh, for sure. (laughs) I I didn't get off to a super good start. I kind of bogeyed two out of the first four holes and then I started trying to get it back on track but never really hit that even or under mark today and it's just I feel the greens is kind of off today so that was frustrating. James you were out there I know you've got some questions for them since you talked to some other people after the match. Yeah it was the weather was a bit odd today and that it was a noon start and it was like 55 degrees when it started and it never got any warmer. Did you guys were you guys hoping that it was gonna start getting a little warmer as the day went on or? Well, it started at ten, so we were out there like before nine, and it was like pretty cold then. It got pretty warm actually. I felt because I had to take off my sweatshirt and I was in my short sleeves for a while. Like it was fine. I felt like the weather wasn't too bad. It got windy towards the end. That's mm-hmm. what was, I guess. Yeah. The only struggle. It wasn't too bad either though. It just got cold and windy for the last three holes. And you you develop did you develop a new superstition or a new habit this time of uh, of red sun chips? 
Yes, I like had a bag of like the garden salsa sun chips, and I almost made an eagle. And then I like had like a foot and a half birdie putt that I made, and I was like, I need some more sun chips. And so, what hole was that on? That was my eleventh <laughs> hole. It was number ten of the country club, and I was like, I had sixty-four yard pitch in it. Like I knew it was good, and I hit it, but I didn't realize how good it was. And I was like, it's the chips. <laughs> so, so uh, when you are struggling, you know, during a, during a round, if you make that turn onto the back nine, I mean, obviously you get your little snack in or something like that. Is, is that like a reset mode, or is it something that you kind of have to grind through all the way through the round? I guess it's different each day. I mean, some days it's a grind the whole time, and you're just fighting the whole time. Sometimes it clicks after nine. Sometimes it clicks after three holes. Like, it's different every day, I feel like. But. Yeah, very dependent on how I'm doing that day. If I need to take a step back during that half, I do, and I like go to the bathroom, I chill out, and then I go out and play another new nine. But if I'm on a roll, I'll just try to keep that momentum going. So how long a break do you guys take at the turn, and were you close enough in terms of groupings that you were able to kind of talk to each other in be- in between, or not really? Well, there's not really a break. Okay. I just feel like people, like, use it as an excuse to, like, <laughs> take a break, but really there's no break. Like a small mental break. <laughs> right. Because usually we play for, I play spot one and she plays two, but mm-hmm. today we were, I was one and she was three, just yeah. for... Just the Jillian, she wanted yeah, to play Jill two today. Play two, so. and I, I wanted to give her that in her final conference match. I thought, she can go out and kill it today. I'll put her as two. I'm fine playing three. Now, obviously, I know we've talked about this, and Brett's talked to you guys about this before, but just so we can get on the podcast, I know there's a bit of competition between you guys. Um, obviously, you guys want to beat each other, but I kind of made that joke earlier. Is, since you haven't really been on the, you know, finish at the same point ever, I mean, what's the competition like between you two, and how, how badly do you know you want to beat your older sister? You know... For a while, it was always me trying to catch her, but now it's just me trying to catch my best, you know? Once you, like, get out of that whole competing against a person and realize you're just competing against yourself on the court, it just clicks a lot better for me, and, like, that's my goal now. But if beating her comes with it, then that's a perk. <laughs> <laughs> so are you guys... I know you weren't happy with the score, but to tie for medalist, as I mentioned, the first time that's ever happened between you guys, are are you happy about that? You know, that's kind of a little unique happenstance. Or would you have rather one person had come out on top individually? I have mixed emotions about it. That's a good answer. I wouldn't say, like, I'm happy just because if we, like, tied with a good score, that would be a different story. I'm just really upset at the score. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just bad, period. Yeah, so back and recounting the shots that like yeah I don't know for me places don't really matter like if I shoot a 72 and I end up 10th fine I shot a 72 like it's fine or if you know what I mean like the scores is what matters to me not the place the good news is that while this was the last conference match for you guys you have one final regular season tournament next week next Monday uh, before you hit regionals on October 11th so you have a chance to rebound a little bit what goes into this next week for you guys to try to overcome what just happened in in this big north conference match I mean I feel like it's the whole story like with the summer we didn't really have a good summer season we just kept looking forward and if you get a couple good tournaments going 
you can see like it helps and keep the momentum going. So hopefully this next week of just practicing and not having a tournament might help with just, just like just chilling, you know, and not having to grind it out so hard with all the tournaments. Hopefully it'll help for next Monday. But it's not that drastic, right? I mean, when I talked to you guys and played a few holes with you this summer, you you basically were unhappy with your whole summer. Today, you're just sitting here unhappy with one tournament. Outside today, you guys have been playing really well. Uh, my last week at Sheboygan was rough for me, but I was semi-sick, couldn't breathe through my nose. I was, a lot of sickness has been hitting our yeah. team. Yeah. Okay. Kind of, well, good to get that out of the way now then, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Going back to like talking about how the season's been going, high school season, I feel like a lot of a lot of people like feel like I'm playing really well just because I had that one sixty three. It's just one sixty three. But that's not that's not the only round you've had in the sixties. I've only had like two others, and last year I think I had like five or six, which is kind of upsetting. I don't I don't want to say upsetting, but last year so far. I've been I was doing better and I don't want to start comparing like in the middle of season still but I know like in my head that I'm not doing as well as they did last season but like we still have four four more rounds yeah three more tournaments four more rounds Mm -hmm. and still got work to do so so do you guys every time you go out there I mean what do you set your goal at is it a 63 is that is that what you want or do you think hey I want a 62 I want a 61 what what is the round that would leave you satisfied when you came off the course um I don't know if I'm ever satisfied if I'm being honest just because (laughs) I am not going out there with a score in mind I just want to go low all the time and Every time I come back in, I'm always thinking about that one shot that would have went in or that one shot that could have been closer. And I don't know if that's a good or bad thing yet, but, like, I don't think I'm ever completely happy with what I put up there. Yeah, because I think you could shoot a 59 and you'd probably be like, it should have been a 57 or a 58. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What about you, Ansi? What what would leave you satisfied on the course? Really just knowing that I left it all out there is always my goal and like knowing that there are certain things that I can't change about how I play but like how I think about it and always coming off with like a positive attitude and not always thinking about coulda woulda shoulda and just being like I did that I owned up to it and like just I don't know going out there and feeling satisfied like emotionally and like attitude wise is like a big goal. So let's get away a little bit from just your individual play, but uh, as I said, you guys did win the Big North Conference uh, as a team yet again. Where do you see this team? How does this team sit right now as the team defends its state championship from last year? Obviously, we're not as strong as last year. We lost Mm -hmm. two really good seniors last year, and even though we do have other seniors this year and juniors that have stepped up, we have some tough competition downstate. Not mm-hmm. gonna lie, it'll be yeah. a toss-up. I think it's not for sure. It's anybody's who's game that yeah. day. It's it's always like if they're on their game and we're just a little off, that makes a big difference. Obviously, it comes down to that day. But I think I looked at the rankings today. You guys are just sitting tenth in Division One. Do you <laughs> feel like you're the tenth best team in Michigan, or do you think you're better than that? I think we're better than that. I mean, as a team, you guys really have only, I mean, for the first half of the season, you guys hadn't played in the same tournament right. even, I mean, as long as that went. So yeah. do you think that had a factor in uh, where we are at sure. now? That, sure. Yeah, the ranking took 
those tournaments where our team wasn't at its full strength. And I think at our full strength, we can definitely have a shot at another state championship. It'll just take a lot in us to really dig that out. Mm-hmm. But I know a couple of the girls on your team have been hitting personal best just over the last couple of weeks. I mean, have you have you seen an uptick in, you know, the, the play of, <laughs> of your teammates? And, you know, even after you guys went down and played that state championship course, the whole team really did pretty well that day. I mean, what have you seen out of the rest of them? I mean, it's like when they go out there and they come in feeling really happy, we all, like, as a team are so cohesive and we all like really support each other and that's I think something that carries on throughout all of our tournaments that we're always just happy and we always try to lift each other up when they say I got a personal best or I got a personal worst we're always going to be there and be like it's okay we all are getting we're all going to get them better next time and like we're always just building on that positive vibe that we all give off (laughs) so so that that is a funny question I do want to ask so do you guys remember your personal worst round Oh, yes. Yeah? Oh, yes. <laughs> what, what was your personal worst? Like, this season? The one round that oh, you you, know, can... you just you just thought of it, the one that you're talking about yes, right now. it was sophomore year or freshman year? I can't remember. <laughs> and it was in the summer, one of our summer, summer tournaments in August, but the team went to Brighton, and, oh, God, I can't even, like, say this. <laughs> I shot in 84. Um, we just... I just came back from a week vacation from the Bahamas, and I decided to play in this tournament with the team, and I regret that a lot because I had not practiced at all. But I can just remember that round and being a struggle every single hole. That was your sophomore year. Sophomore year, yeah. yeah. I remember. 84 at Brighton. How about you, Ansi? I can't remember last year, but for this year, it was actually a week ago in Sheboygan. I shot five over. It was only a 75 because it was par 70, but it was just like I was half in, half out mentally because I was kind of sick, and it was a struggle all the way around. (laughs) Well, I don't know if you guys had a chance to hear last week's episode, but it was kind of funny because golf got brought up in our open, and co-host, former host of the show, Brendan Queeley, brought up his goal to break 90 this summer, and he's been golfing a lot. And he actually said, if Anika Nazi heard that my goal was to break 90, they'd probably laugh in my face. So the fact that your worst round was an 84. No. <laughs> we can make Brendan feel bad. It's okay. No. <clears throat> we kind of enjoy it. <laughs> he, he does it enough to us, so it's okay to reciprocate. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. okay. I see. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I know golf's a pretty frustrating game. Uh, I've talked, I believe I talked to you about this when I uh, talked to you at the Michigan Women's Open, but uh, when, when you do have those bad shots or that shot that you know you could wish you had back, how do you get past that and keep your game still sitting at that you know, 68, 69 mark to make sure that you're still staying low? You just got to tell yourself, like, there's nothing you can do about it now. There, you can't go back in time and change it. You just have to keep moving forward because dwelling on it, it's not going to do anything like it's sounds easy saying it too but like it's hard to do like mm-hmm. you're mad you like you want to throw your club like yeah. you want to just be like dang it like I just want to redo it but like obviously that's not going to do anything and like just putting a more positive attitude towards the next shot is what's going to be your best bet how, how difficult of a balance is that in that golf is one of those sports where you always no matter how low you shoot, you probably thought you could have shoot, shot lower. And then not being happy with a certain score and, and maybe kind of being complacent. I guess that's a really, like, personal 
question too because like it just depends how much you put push yourself because I have some friends who are pretty happy with where they're at and are okay with it which is totally fine like it's wherever you want to be but like I just feel like you want you want to be the best yeah (laughs) saying that in like an arrogant or like cocky way I just always feel like there's something you can do like, always, you know? Like, Tiger Woods, he probably thinks there's always something he can do, and that's why he's always changing things up. And I feel like that's why he got to be so good, just because he always found another aspect to get better at or change or just do better. So I know we, we prefaced a little bit of state championship talk, and you guys said there's a lot of work to do. But it, with the postseason beginning next week with regionals, I mean, are your mindsets kind of starting to go there to think about that a little more? Because I know when I asked you about it this summer, you were kind of like, well, we're not really thinking about that yet. Mm -hmm. Is now the time that you start thinking about it? For sure. I think that this next week at practice, our team is probably going to be like, we really got to buckle down and look at our strengths and weaknesses as a whole and as individuals. And we really got to hammer them out and feel like really confident going into next week, knowing that we can go out there and shoot our best, like, having put in that effort you're giving your sister a look what does that look mean um, that's how I'm thinking about it but yeah as an individual I think that's the perspective but as a team I disagree our team's pretty chill not gonna lie which is not a bad thing I don't think we don't think too much of the pressure I doubt our practices are going to change that much I feel like we're just going to keep doing what we're doing and not really think about it that much because that's just how our team rolls like that's how we were last year and all the other times we won states like it wasn't very like it's like buckle down time it was pretty just normal how much do the uh, courses that the regionals and finals at how much do they play to your strengths because I know uh Regionals are back at Grand Valley, where you guys won the state title last year. And then the finals are at Bedford Valley, where you did pretty well this year. And you didn't play in that tournament, right? No, I was in Washington, Big Carver. <laughs> yeah, I was there for a weekend tournament with the um, AJGA and Kyle Stanley Championship, and it was, it was pretty cool. Have you played Bedford Valley before, though? Yes, I've played it a few times during, I think, GAM, Golf Association of Michigan, like some summer tournaments there. And I, junior PGA, yeah, junior PGA for like a qualifier. So do those courses fit your strengths? I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> it's. I honestly think the Traverse City Country Club are is a harder course just because of the way it's set up. So yeah, I do think it's set up more for our games, just because it's. I don't know how to describe it. I just really hate the country club. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Fan I'm not going to lie. The country club fairways are narrow. Very narrow. Oh, for sure. And Bedford Valley, where States is at, is pretty narrow as well. It's kind of like the country club. Not as tight, but it is very narrow still. And there are a bunch of trees. Mm-hmm. Now, would you guys rather have a course that plays to your strengths or something that challenges you on every hole? think there's a good balance that could be the best I don't know I also I don't mind the harder courses just because it knocks some people out like automatically either yeah because they're complaining too much or it just like they get intimidated and they get in their own heads about it and for us like we just go out there and we know that we have to work a little harder or like just do what we do and see what happens 
Well, I know you both want to win a state championship individually and as a team, even if you don't necessarily come out and say that. Will there be any tension that builds, you know, if and when states comes around between the two of you as far as that top spot on the leaderboard? I don't think so. No. No. (laughs) Not really. I can't see that. That's, like, one of the things that is pretty good about us, I think. It's not really an issue, like, even with how competitive we are with each other. Like, we're still each other's, like, biggest supporters, and I think that's what keeps it from being, like, weird and awkward. Like, of mm-hmm. course, for that one second, you're like, dang it, she beat me. But then it's like, <laughs> good job, like, you play really well, and, mm-hmm. like, if I'm not going to win, I'm glad you did. Or, if, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Even if you both shoot 74s? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's when they started blaming each other, like, why'd you shoot you shot that bad? Come on, you're supposed to beat me. Yeah, no, I came in, I was expecting her to shoot 68, Yeah, I thought you were going to shoot... On, like under 70 I was like auntie definitely shot a 68 today but mm. <laughs> I was surprised I yeah. was surprised you ignored my fist bump and that I hurt. didn't see oh, that oh you left her hanging uh, I didn't see that's it that's fine I didn't see it uh huh <laughs> that's where the tension comes uh-huh. out <laughs> <laughs> that's cool <laughs> now uh you guys have to have a favorite course I mean I mean it doesn't have to be necessarily in the area but um, that you've played in your high school career. I know you guys travel all over the country, all over the Midwest, you know, out and about. Where, where have you, where's your favorite course that you've played, even if it wasn't the best score that you've ever had? The Women's Open, the Crystal Mountain course, Mountain Ridge, that's just my favorite course ever. Probably because I grew up playing it and everything, but I just love it. It fits my game, and it's just always fun. It's really pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just love that place. See, I like Betsy better. Is that your favorite course? Not my favorite. I don't really know. I don't have a favorite course. No. No. I like, you know, if I had to pick, like, three, I'd pick Betsy, Mountain, and probably uh, Forest Acres East. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I've played Forest Acres yeah. East a hundred times when yeah. I was in Lansing. Like, I, I like Forest Acres East. Forest Acres West, West is a lot harder. Yeah. But I just I've played Forest Acres East a lot and I like kinda know that course almost like the back of my hand as much as I know Crystal because I like grew up playing down there for GAM and like all these junior tournaments that were always hosted there and it's just a really nice course. Yeah, that par three eighth hole I believe it is. That's the closest I've ever gotten to a hole in one on that. Nice. Yeah. It has that little circle bunker in front, mm-hmm. hit the top lip of it, bounced up and landed. Oh yeah. But the reason why I wasn't a hole in one is because I biffed my tee shot. I, <laughs> I was about ten feet out and I hit it I hit it with a pitch wedge from about ten feet in front of the tee uh-huh. and then it went in on the uh, second shot. Okay. <laughs> it was as close as I think oh, I yeah. might get. Yeah. It's like a hole in one mulligan type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So when's your brother, little brother going to start playing golf? Oh, he's into it. <laughs> he's already started, he's already man. into it. I'm not going to lie, he has pretty good swing. I'm surprised. Because, oh, like, nobody's, sure. like, taught him anything. Like, no. he's, just, <laughs> he's just out there yeah. by himself most of the time. So and like, how old is he now? He he's just turned six. six. What's his name? Axel. Axel. Mm-hmm. Name we'll have to keep an eye on. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming. Sure. <laughs> All right, so the wheelhouse is a set of five kind of rapid-fire questions. I might ask you to elaborate a little bit. This is how we like to end our interview with our guests. So each of you in turn, uh, Ansi, Annika, who is your favorite professional golfer and why? Paula Kramer. Because 
Um, she's a Pink Panther, and I grew up loving the color pink, and I was a fan of the show. And she's really nice, and, like, she's pretty. And every time that I watch her on TV, I always see, like, she's always positive. Like, there's nothing, like, that shows any sort of struggle with her. She always just makes it look easy. Annika? Dustin Johnson. I... I'm not only jealous of how far he can hit the ball, which is something <laughs> I do not do. Um, his attitude. He is the most, like, chill chill player you'll ever see. He never reacts if it's a good or bad shot. He's always just the same. Same head, level-headed guy. I'm jealous of that. Favorite sisterly activity that isn't related to a golf course? Snowboarding. Yeah. Even though you're better than me. <laughs> I always leave her in the dust. Yeah. I'm, I'm just cruising. I'm like, where'd she go? <laughs> but I'd probably say that, too. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 18 holes. You can only use one club in your bag for every shot on the course. What club are you using? Oh. Probably just the 7 iron. The good See, old 7 iron. I was going to say that, but I'm going to say a 4 hybrid for me. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that'd be easier to putt with. Yeah. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. Get out of the sand might be a little hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a green side bunker, probably. Yeah. yeah. They don't ever go in the sand. Uh, yeah, I forget. <laughs> They're not like us. <laughs> We're in there plenty of times. I was in there today. Yeah. I used to take flip flops in my golf bag because I spent so much time in there. Describe the best shot you ever made. You almost had it today, maybe. Yeah. Well, I did get a home run on the number one par three at Bay Meadows, but like it's a really short hole, so I don't know if I should. A hole in one is a hole. Yeah, in one. Oh, I'm yeah. talking about starting a round off good. I hole. Yeah, I was actually playing match play against my coach, and I just throw one in there. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, I still remember. It was with my 48 degree. It was like 87 yards, and I hit a really good shot, and it just. Just rolled in there, too. Awesome. Annika? I don't know if it's, like, my best shot, but it's one that I can, like, just remember really well because I was actually playing with the University of Michigan coach. She wasn't the coach at the time, but we were playing together in this one qualifier, and I think I was probably, like, 12 or something, super young. And I was off the green, like, 40 yards, but I chipped it in in front of her. And after the round, she was like, you got game, kid. Like, keep working. And, like, here I am today about to, like, be one of her um That left a pretty good players. impression with yeah, her when, so. she came to, when she came recruiting. <laughs> so I just remember that moment. I bet she said, I got to find that girl who, uh, <laughs> yes. who chipped in when she, she was 12. Um, all right. And most admirable quality in your sister? Auntie's just really nice, even when she's playing bad. Really? Like, yeah. Like, wow. all the other players I play with, they're like, your sister's so nice. And here I'm thinking, like, what? I'm not nice? Like, no. No, everybody's just always, you're just really nice. Despite, like, if That's you're surprising. playing good or not. Why? I don't know. I feel like. I, like, just try to be positive. Yeah, I, you're really positive. I, like, don't positive like it when people are negative because it makes me negative. And yeah. then I don't like that. So I always try to be, like, positive for other people, and it helps me in turn. But for you, I'd say you are probably, even though you're still working on it, you're pretty cool on the course, and I undo that because I know I react, and I'm working on it. 
felt like you. It was not cool today. Let's just say that. <laughs> I didn't really see you today, so I can't see. I can't say that. But like, whenever I do see you, you can never tell if you're having a good or bad round, which is like a good thing to like have. Like, I'll never know until I come in. I'm like, could you? Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you guys for joining the Get Around. It was a pleasure having you here in the studio, and we look forward to uh, seeing what you guys do on the course next as we enter the postseason, it being October 1st. It's just crazy. (laughs) Thanks for having us. Thank you. A big thank you to Traverse City West Phenom golfers, Annika and Ansi D. I, for one, uh, look forward to watching them golf on TV someday. I just actually look forward to watching will. golf. Well, that too. Yeah. But yeah, they'll probably be in the LPGA. Yeah. I could see it happening. And they're, already, I mean, already setting course records and yeah. it, and winning grown, grown up events and, you know, with people 20, 25 years their senior. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they have quite a bit of potential that has still been untapped. You're unhappy with a 74. I think you might be destined for the LPGA. <laughs> well, she said she's happy really in the, with anything that's not or not happy anything over 70, which is... Pretty much. Yeah. Like, yeah. If it's, she's not shooting under 70... But big thank you to them. It was great to have them in studio. We'll get into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Brought to you by Jimmy John's. This is going to be our sixth entry since the fall season began and we've got some good candidates for you this week we've got players from three different sports represented and uh one of these one of these teams and or players and one of these players was already mentioned today so jake i'll throw it to you and let you start first who you got Uh, my player of the week is kingsley's jessica leffler their senior outside hitter just broke the kingsley career kills record for the school, he needed 37 this past weekend. Ended up going out to the tournament and getting 50 kills, four blocks, 38 digs. Led them to a, um, you know, they lost in the final, came into second place. But Leffler just came back from an injury and right off rip. Showed out. Records. Yeah, breaking <laughs> records and leading them back to where they, you know, the promised land that they believe they belong in. So I'm putting Leffler up for the Hall of Fame this week. James, we've got a, a name who's familiar to the Get Around Hall of Fame process. But I can't remember if he ever made it last year. But he's back again. Who who do you I have? I don't know that he did. I think he's he's like been perennially a bridesmaid. Uh, this no no offense to him. Years. No. Yeah, uh, just using you know, phraseology. the old phraseology. Phrase, yeah. You know, always uh, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Yeah, um, that's Leland's co blonde. I mean, he's I don't know. He was. He's got to be our area's goal leader at this point in the season, right? I, I would think so. I don't, yeah, I but, I mean, Brendan put him up, like, what, three times last year, I think, last season? Had a, Almost had a coronary when he never – I don't think he ever got in. Yeah, and then he's been up he may, three he, times already this yeah. year. I think that may be why Brendan invented the retroactive portion but for between seasons. Mm-hmm. To make sure that players like Koblund, who deserve to get in, but... Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was a retroactive last year. For, for whatever reason, didn't make it upon voting. Uh, I think that's why he, he did that, but... Uh, but I think this year he needs to uh, not be a retroactive and needs to be a, a regular Hall of Famer. And I'm going to pound the table for him, even though we're not supposed to pound the table. <laughs> yeah, he had four goals in, a, in one of the Comets' victories last week. Homecoming game. I kind of, I kind of feel like we might be in a little trouble here, guys, because we have such outstanding candidates this week that 
I think we're each going to have a hard time not voting for our own. So maybe if we do end up doing that, we might have to re-vote and say you can't vote for your own and see what happens. Because I'm going to put up Traverse City Central's Tobin Schwanicky, the quarterback, had a marvelous game in a win over Petoskey on Friday. He ran the ball 20 times for 176 yards and three touchdowns and completed seven of nine passes for 158 yards and two more touchdowns in the 36-22 to 22 victory over the Northmen. And, I mean, he couldn't have played much better in that game. Jake, I know you were not critical, but you were, when we went over our, our front runners. Uh, for player of the year in football last week, you know, being the only game you've seen him play was against Traverse City West, and as far as Central's entire offense was concerned, that was the uh, toughest game that they've played all season. So I, I wish you had had the opportunity to see a vintage Schwanicky because that's exactly what we got last Friday. All right, I'll start. I'm going to put my vote with Schwanicky. Jake, who are you going to put your vote with? I I am going to put my vote with Leffler. I mean, Leffler, she broke a school record in a volleyball program that is perennially awesome. She broke a school kill record. I, when you break records, I think you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. That's fair, but the premise of this Hall of Fame is on a weekly basis. Uh, and while her numbers thing. were fantastic, Still fantastic, she didn't rack up all of those career record kills in one week. That's impossible to do. But there's exactly. only one week in your life that you break the career so, kill record. I'm just, I'm just being devil's advocate over here. James, are you going to break the tie or are you going to... I'm going to push it on in the next round by voting for Coe Blunt. But it is funny that all three of these have been ones that have been up multiple times. Yeah. Yes. We need to come up with some new people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or these, we yeah. need some other people to step up. Well, that's what happens, though, is that we... Well, but we other people want... have been stepping up <laughs> yeah. and keeping these players from getting in. Yeah, yeah that's and that's true. the other thing, is that there, there's that the individual performance that comes through, and we go, oh, well, maybe, maybe Cole will be back next week with uh, four goals. We'll be able to put him in then, so... All right, Jake, you can't vote for Jessica. Who oh, are you I voting have to, for? I have to go first, of course. Kobe led Leland. Here goes Jake again. Kobe led Leland Figuring to... large amounts of time in what's supposed to be a weekly award. Kobe, no, Kobe won, won then their homecoming game last week. 8-0, to zero, showed out. I know Leland obviously doesn't have a football team, so it's a pretty big game for them. Kobe won four goals and leading Leland to a 15-1-1 record. I mean... All right, James, who are you going to pass your vote on to? So I can't vote for Kobe, right? Yeah. Correct. So, like, what if I vote for Jessica, and then, <laughs> then you can't vote for Tobin? Well, right. Yeah, so then, yeah. so then you're going to have to break the tie. Yeah. And then I'm going to vote for Jessica Leffler. Well, wouldn't it be the same thing if you voted for Tobin? Because, well, well, no, because I guess it could vote. wind up three single votes could, again. Because then you yeah. could well, vote for Jessica. But that wouldn't, th- yeah, but that'd be, there'd be no point in that. <laughs> I'm just rules lawyering. I'm going to yeah. take Jessica Leffler. I here, just hold on, back up. I I will not I will not push it to three singular votes again. So just say who you would like to. I'm gonna go with Leffler. All right. I mean, yeah, I mean she's yeah. I mean, the the kills record is impressive. Fifty yeah. kills, thirty eight digs. That's impressive too. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a tough decision. Sorry, Tobin. Uh, I'm sure you'll put up another game worthy of being inducted into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Man. Um. Kobe, it's your week, man. Finally. Finally, he's going to get in on, on the legim- legitimate voting process. Democracy. Uh, you, your, your four goals and outstanding play uh, has been recognized. You are the latest enshrinee into the Get Around Podcast Hall of Fame. 
the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. Well, Congra- congratulations. Like maybe we should get him on next week to, to we see if he's followed. That's a that's a good that's a good call, hole. James. I well, think I think we should do that. Maybe we'll update the Hall of Fame poster by that point. So after all the times we've been talked about it, we'll actually feel like it's a big enshrinement ceremony that goes on every week after this podcast is over. That get around Hall of Fame class brought to you by Jimmy John's, two locations in Traverse City. At Jimmy John's, they're freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's, freaky yeah. That takes us to the trifecta. Gonna wrap up this show a little bit here. As many of you probably know, the Traverse City Beach Bums are no more. The Werfel family sold the park, sold the team, and both the stadium and team will be rebranded with new names. They've opened up that process to a fan vote, and so we thought for this trifecta we'd throw our own names out there of what this new team may be, perhaps. But first I wanted to read just a few suggestions that our Audible viewers slash Record Eagle readers, hopefully you're both. You should be if you're not. Left online for us. Apologies if I butcher this pronunciation, but, but Melanie Kreider submitted Traverse City Rocks, which on their own, Traverse City's not known for its rocks, but... But Traverse City get, does rock. I get the play. And Petoskey I get the Stone play. is kind of yeah. regional. Yeah, re, that's a, I mean, it'd be the only regional baseball team. I thought about that briefly for my own submission, but then I was like, well, no, you can't you can't put Petoskey Stones in a Traverse City team. <laughs> Traverse City, just, but there already is a team in the Northwoods League called the Rocks. Okay. Uh, R-O-X. Oh, okay. So that's probably out, but good suggestion. Brandon Postma said the Traverse City Trolls, which I kind of like. You know, I, the Trolls. Do you think like the Troll Dolls, like the old no, no. school Trolls? Well, I mean, that could maybe be the mascot, but just in terms of us being under the bridge. Yeah. I mean, it applies to everybody in the Lower Peninsula, of course, but uh, I do like that one. But don't just youpers call the people below the, tri- the bridge trolls. We don't call ourselves trolls. Yeah, but we call them youpers, so they That's probably call. Mother. I'm just saying. I think it works. Just make it, I'm just making a. Play on everyone. You're just being controversial to be controversial. You, you're like Skip Bayless. Get the hell out of here. No. Oh. Will Kane. Yeah, you go ahead and you go ahead and be Shannon Sharp, Mr. Muscle Man over here. All right. Bring your Swisher Sweets into the podcast studio. Let's get to arguing. All right. This was a submission uh, from a screen name. I'm not sure who this person is, but OMP Mark uh, submitted, and, and this is a good one too. The Traverse City Sleeping Bears. And obviously a nod to the Sleeping Bear Dunes, uh, while not in Traverse City. Once again, certainly, regional. Certainly indicative of the region. And uh, he actually put a little bit of a, a little bit more thought into this as well, and kind of uh, laid out that you know this way they could rebrand the Beach Bums Bears Suntan and Sunburn, and in turn, and instead put them in pajamas and slippers and sleeping hats. Yeah, like bananas and pajamas back in the day. I remember that, and that. Hey, that'll have an effect on everybody. Everybody but, likes to sleep. But Suntan and Sunbird did not come along in the sale. Oh. Because okay. the costumes are hanging up in the Werfels outbuilding. Like they gotcha. have a they have like a batting cage in their backyard, kind of, in their ranch. And the costumes are hanging up in the in the building. Okay. And the last one uh, that I wanted to share, this from Nan underscore Brown. The Traverse City Cherry Spitters. <laughs> I could roll with that. Like a brass platoon. Cherry, you know, linking it in with the Cherry Festival too. It's a pit spit competition every year. Yeah. All right, Jay. Or, <clears throat> all right, James. I know you've got one that's kind of become a story here. What's the? What have you got? 
Yeah, I was going to say the Traverse City Ewoks. Or maybe, I, I kind of think that, that the team might not even be called the Traverse City something. It would be like Northern Michigan or Grand Traverse or something like that. It's possible. Because the team is owned by the West Michigan Whitecaps. Yeah. So they didn't call it the Grand Rapids Whitecaps. They went with West Michigan and more of a regional thing. So I was going to go with the Traverse City Ewoks because uh, on Saturday night they mentioned Traverse City and during uh, Adam Driver's monologue where he was continually interrupted by cast members from SNL talking about their summers. And one of the things where he said, you know, that he had a huge spoiler and that Ewoks were real and that all you had to do was take a, a plane flight to Traverse City, Michigan, and then somebody interrupted him again and he wasn't able to finish it. Well, that's awesome. I, I hadn't heard that yet. I was looking forward to hearing the story behind it. I imagine that Disney would probably put the kibosh on that, unfortunately. I would think so. It would be, be a difficult get. It would be a big rights war going on over that. Probably not a very big rights war. I would imagine Disney's lawyers are very well paid right. on retainer for such infractions. But I do like the suggestion nonetheless. Jake, what do you have? Um, I, I mean, I have a few here because I had to brainstorm them and come up with them. I mean, my, my favorite selection that I had of my own was the Traverse City Bay Monsters. Just thinking going off like a Loch Ness Monster type of thing. You know, you could play off of that. Another couple ones I had would be, uh, you know, playing off cherries, the TC Cherry Wave. You know, which I think would be pretty cool, trying to take over the world with cherries. And I know this is, once again, the name of your favorite Major League Baseball team that we led the show off with, but, you know, the Traverse City Brewers, the Traverse City Brew Crew or something with all the breweries that we have up in the area, another regional flavor type of deal um, that I think would work pretty well. All right, now that I'm going last, mine's going to sound like I stole it from Jake, but I didn't. I had this even before he thought of his monsters one but it's the only one i have i came i i came up with the tc pit monsters because that was a little bit of a a nod to the the cherry region you know i thought that sounded kind of imposing and it's almost generic or vague enough in terms of pit monster that there's a lot of creative avenues that you could go down after i thought of it i googled it actually and Coincidentally enough, a lot of Star Wars references came up after putting in Pit Monster. Job of the Hutt's uh, Yeah, the Sarlacc. I think it would be awesome if they went with the Ewoks, though, because, you know, two of our three writers, at least, are Star Wars geeks. I love Star Wars. Okay, all three of us are. So our, our, you know, leads could just be... Try to come up with a Star Wars lead. Geekily amazing. I have a 24-inch Darth Vader figurine that stands in my living room and points with his force hand to the front door. He, like, chokes my guests as they walk in. Nice. Bring him over to the dog side. I have an ad at that has a dog leash and a bowl sitting in front of it, and that's our dog, and it's right by the door. I would love to see a bunch of little Ewoks running around. That'd be a lot of fun. All right, we'd like to hear what you think. I know a lot of you have chimed in online already, but... Reach us at TCRE Sports on Twitter or at BA Sports Writer. That's me, at James Cook 14 or at Jake Atnip. Let us know what you think the new team should be named. And then the person who picks the winner, that you have to submit it to the team, not to us of course. necessarily. I think it's like four season tickets and like a suite for a night, and they get to throw out the first pitch, I think, in the first game. 